One time I was getting invited to uh, one of my friend's birthday parties in elementary school and I get this envelope and on the envelope it says A-C-H-O-M-E-D, Achomed, like one letter away from Nachomed. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, thank you so much. I didn't go to his birthday party for obvious reasons. But yeah, no, I've like had my name messed up all the time. I think the most mortifying, like for me and for the under, other person experience was uh, in high school. I was in world history class and I, I kind of talk a lot as a, you will find out in this podcast, but I, I raised my hand to be called on and he dead center pointed at me, looked me in the eye and said, yes, Muhammad. And then I could just see <laughs> in his eyes, the dread. He was like, oh, I'm getting fired. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's fine. You know, when I say fruit or whatever, it's fine. It's a very popular name. The answer is Caesar. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Boom. Got it in take one. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. Bam. Boom, pop. I like it raw. I'm, pop, boom, yeah. boom, pop. Hello. And welcome to Third Culture Block, a podcast where we talk about our experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. I'm Wissam Jabril. I'm Ahmed Mustafa. And I'm Mohammed Ismail. In light of this being the first episode of this new podcast, we decided the theme of today's episode should be new beginnings. So, fellas, new beginnings. I'm starting a... What was... (coughs) so sorry that cut up yeah no it's seriously like she did it muted it did it again and then came in as if nothing happened she was like oh sorry you cut out (laughs) hey we saw it we get it you have the best voice we get it relax all right we get it Oh my God. God. No, honestly, Michelle. Look. I will leave this tent. Uh, no, you are not really going clear. anywhere. It you are officially... under contractual obligation, woman. <laughs> In terms of new beginnings, I don't know. It's been, it's been kind of difficult for me because I have the ideas i have the drive i have the want to create things but the quickest blocker for a lot of stuff is sharing it with other people i think um oftentimes the idea kind of the the carriage gets in front of the horse a little bit and i'll just be writing something and it makes complete sense in the context of my head but as soon as i share it with somebody it is um nonsensical so I, I think um part of the new beginnings thing is trying like feeling like i have to have a team to start doing things um so that i can you know start bouncing and brainstorming off of like different ideas i, f- I feel like imposter syndrome is something that kind of comes up a lot but in terms of like the new beginnings it's it's feel it's super exciting because you're just like you're putting out your idea you're excited you know what it's going to look like and then when it comes to execution it's a matter of prioritizing it and then once you prioritize it you start putting yourself into it and as it becomes more and more yourself it becomes more and more vulnerable and i think that is this kind of the 
the the hard part and in terms of just like starting though it, it's so cliche to just say just do it right it's like you go the shia labeouf method or you go the nike method and you just do it right this is not a sponsored ad it could be so um we are open (laughs) don't be cutting off our opportunities here (laughs) in terms of like projects i'm starting i want to start writing i i have started writing and i've written a short story i actually since we last talked muhammad i put it online just like an excerpt and that was a huge step to start, you know, putting myself out there. I think I won't know where I stand or how good I'm going to get until I start getting feedback and developing an audience. Do you think the imposter syndrome comes in because you are starting something new or because you are writing something which makes you feel vulnerable? Hmm. Well, I think, like, vulnerability is definitely a big part of it but i i honestly i'll say specifically when you're going from kind of upbringing wise like my dad very libyan mentality where it's you know you keep your trust amongst maybe your immediate family anything past that it's like meh um and i don't know it it, it it's when you put yourself out publicly you're opening yourself up to um unnecessary criticism or you're exhibiting a trust to people that you don't know that are in a, in a sense like undeserving i guess um, it goes like both ways though when you put it that way it's like the vulnerability and the trust in other people and like you're putting yourself out there for the first time so that's a new beginning but it's also i think there is that whole you're trying something new whether it's a new business a new project a new novel or new whatever so that's something new and i i think the imposter syndrome part falls into play with the new part in a sense where you don't know if that new is right, you don't know if that new is what's going to, like, if people are going to like that new thing, if you did the thing. Like, especially if it's, like, a first time you do something and then you you just, I don't know, like, put, for me, putting mugs out into the world. Will people well, buy them? Will people like them? Will people think they're stupid or silly or... It also feels like a question of being allowed, like as an Arab man, it's frowned upon to be like an artist or to... Because it's seen as lesser than the other professions that you should be going into, right? Doctor, engineer or lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Lawyer is a recent one. Lawyer is a recent one. Oh, it's up there. Really? It's up there. It, it's up there. No, for sure. Because my dad, my dad, like, I remember he told me specifically, he's like, the only reason I became a lawyer is because mm, my uncle received a lot of prestige in Tobruk for being like a judge and a lawyer or or involved in the legal system. He was going to be that. Getting an engineering or specifically doctor or lawyer, those are, I feel like, and at least from my perspective, the prestigious jobs. And the jobs that if you get the job, then you your value as a um, provider for a family is verified. <laughs> and so that you're like yeah. a good, a good Arab son. Okay, know? so I think it's more along lines of 
for males to the lawyer thing in that terms because if i i've i have like from my exposure at least in like the libyan culture from what i've seen from the libyan culture i've seen girls be like pick one right you know and so it was i just like vividly remember one of um someone that i knew um she wanted to do she wanted to be a lawyer and her dad was like no daughter of mine will ever be a lawyer no um <laughs> was so her dad was, russian <laughs> yeah actually he was <laughs> very confusing for everybody <laughs> this is not to take away from those professions obviously yeah, I mean, yeah. they are highly respected in their own right it's just they are not for everyone and they shouldn't be the only professions that are pedestaled and you shouldn't be seen as a failure in society if you're not one of those right what i find really interesting is for example in the uk people who work with their hands are actually highly respected so you have plumbers electricians builders um whereas in the arab world those same professions are not really sought after and if you do work in those professions then it's like oh yeah okay he's earning money but it's not in the right quote-unquote right profession if you like right unless you like start your own business or something now you're like a a fabulous businessman if you're actually doing quote-unquote grunt work it's you know there's that prestige element and i think that definitely plays into the whole new beginnings conversation right um before you even start there's a long because the the doing of it is often very easy like a a camera click a writing on a piece of paper painting you know it's it's a dip and it's a swipe of a of a brush right but the deciding of doing it and the deciding of committing to it and perfecting it that's way harder and like before you even do the things like there's so much baggage associated (laughs) where you you're you're making a decision um and you know it's kind of uh taboo in a way Mm -hmm. so here's here's an interesting thought then do you think the imposter syndrome or do you feel third culture kids suffer from imposter syndrome more because they didn't grow up in an environment which sort of encouraged new beginnings and the more creative side so when they did eventually go into a creative field they felt like they didn't belong or they didn't feel they should be there 100 percent. i feel like third culture kids um kids from immigrant families that move to these places where the immigrant parents that's like a big impact they're working their butt off starting from scratch to make something anything out of their lives for you to excel and become for example in like our um instance like the american dream or whatever like i want you to succeed so having that high expectation of doing it the way your parents expect it to be like to be done as well as is a is a huge huge impact on and and not only impact but like a huge um 
contributor to imposter syndrome so yeah definitely like we were we weren't raised to do what makes you happy no do what's safe do what's safe do what will get you the most money do what will keep you comfortable do what will um keep you in a controlled environment because they go from un- like an environment that they are not in control to to a new environment where they have to figure out how to become in control of and then you know so it's just like them kind of passing on their trauma onto you and um the imposter syndrome also comes into play where you feel guilty that you're not doing the right thing in your parents eyes and you always want to like oh well my parents sacrificed so much so like I can sacrifice this and I can just go into this boring nine to five job and then everybody's just honky dory you know so I really I really think third culture kids definitely have that imposter um, syndrome harder and more um, right you're 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 seeking stability rather than success and like, happiness okay. <laughs> it should it should be noted though for any non third culture kids listening that the reason why immigrant parents are like that is because as you said we they just struggled for so many years to ensure that we got through school we got through university and so they want us to live a life where we don't have to struggle as they did. From their background, they believe that if you become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, that you won't struggle because they are sort of professions which are quote unquote safe. Because they love you and they want nothing but the best for you. Why are you, why are you saying it like that? Yeah, Because it's like- always <laughs> like that. It's always like, I love you. I'm doing, you're grounded. Why? Because I love you. No. Wow. Are your parents no, Russian so, as well? There, <laughs> I think we saw actually never. Hey, you're Libyan, right? Not like yeah. some weird Serbian. It just kinda... comes out strong. Okay, guys. I'm just saying. You're you know, you keep to your normal podcast voice. Um, pause for effect. <laughs> no, I think it's definitely part of it. Is um, so the way the way that the way that like we saw saying it is just like. Yeah, they do love you and they want the best for you. And sometimes like the way like the way that they got things is, you know, education, right? They learned English so they could swing being American and then do the job, Julie. Um they were able to kind of make it work that way. So, you know, the focus was on do your education, right? For us what that gets us is that oh we love you so much please do exactly what i tell you to do so you can have like the most stable and happy future uh possible i i think that i i told my friends a lot that i like kind of run a guilt-based economy in myself in myself the the power that runs my system to go do things is guilt <laughs> in order to start something new i need to be able to kind of overcome that that kind of guilt associate like like for instance my co-workers 10 minutes before lunch they would go get water or something or like you know stretch and then that would be enough time to get into lunch and it's like all right now we're time for lunch or like go to the bathroom and wash their face or something i would i remember distinctly going to the bathroom to like wash my face and looking at the time and it was 11:50, and i had this pang of guilt where i was like i'm getting paid right now and i'm not working and it was just like it was such a strange kind of 
thing. Like going for walks during work or something. Like you know, you, every fifteen minutes you need a break. I I think part of that is is there an extra friction to starting something new because in order to do that you feel like there's a higher bar of justifying that thing what about you Isol? um in terms of uh your new beginnings that are happening right now and imposter syndrome and things that are happening in your artistic world when it comes to um when it comes to my art, the biggest thing is I can do it all day, any day, as long as it's for me. But when it comes to sharing it with people, sometimes I find it really hard to consider myself as an artist. And I don't I don't even know why. It just like but no no, so and so is an artist. Look at them, they are an artist. Um, and then when it comes to myself I'm just like, No, no, I'm just a solid you know, I'm dabbling with whatever I'm doing. So when it comes to people requesting my work or, you know, like seeing that I can do this and thinking that I can do other things, blah, blah, blah. And then there's this this high expectation of everybody wants your work or like everybody's trying to be, and deep down inside I know everyone's trying to be supportive. And sometimes I feel like, are they just trying to be supportive or do they actually like my work? So there's that whole factor that goes into it um but then there's the whole like once it becomes i'm doing this for people i like shut down and i don't know why and so i kind of like one of the things that i recently kind of was you know brought true to myself is i don't like custom pieces right so the more people ask me for custom pieces the more i feel I don't want to let people down, but also they don't make me feel good. So then I just, you know, now I've just kind of cut out what I like and what I don't like. I think one way of solving it is by just, like Ahmed and I, we've talked about it a bunch. And it was pre- pretty much make the stuff to make the stuff. And then if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, I made the stuff, right? But it's just like, who am I to ask? people for money for the products that I I make yeah so it's just like it's like getting things right and I have this my it definitely comes from that whole like perfectionism thing um I can't settle like giving something whether it's a gift or it's especially if it's something somebody like purchases from me I cannot let go of something if I know it's not perfect right and so me not getting to this like internalized expectation of perfect prevents me from being able to like move forward so it definitely has this loop going around um in terms of 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 you're not good enough or whatever or um yeah so there's there are a lot of like levels and 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 layers um, that that form into it, that contribute to it. Conventional wisdom says that everything that has been thought of has already been created. And so when you're creating new things, it is super depressing. You know, it's like, oh, well, 
you know, who am I to have thought of something? So, like, this conventional wisdom perpetuates imposter syndrome. Wow, yeah, the whole who am I to do this when somebody else has done this, or right. you never know if somebody else has done this. Or and so there's, like, a lot of insidious, um, almost propaganda around, <laughs> like, creating something new. It's like, oh, yeah, no, everything that, that has been thought of has already been created. There are brilliant minds all around the world thinking about these problems, and you have nothing to add to them because your stupid egg go to school. Also, just stick to your nine to five. And then add that to kind of internal fear of wanting to have enough money with stability and a tried and true solution of going to school and, and getting a job. And then add that to the inherent discomfort with you know, being vulnerable by investing yourself into something that's reflective of your own mm-hmm. inner workings. And you've got yourself a toxic cocktail. It's really interesting you say that, though, because there is an incredible quote. All truly wise thoughts have been thought already thousands of times. But to make them truly ours, we must think them over again honestly until they take root in our personal experience. So what I understand from that, you will not be original. Innovation is the way forward. You can always take something which already exists and make it your own. So the idea is not to become original. It is to basically take what's already out there and to mix A with B and to make something which is truly your own. That's how you innovate as an Mm. artist. I, I love that. I love that. It's a lot of ownership. So I think, so like right now, let's like kind of get into the details. Um, I'm writing my story and a lot of what you're going to take is from conventional wisdom that exists, right? Deserts have been written about, magic has been written about, fantasy has been written about, the human experience has obviously been written about, but you take how people to write about it and you take what they say or how they say it and you bring it into your own story and own it, right? You you put the words into this kind of blender, pour it out, and that's what you have in terms of a story. And it's a weird kind of moving into that space because whereas before I was from like the acting world and um, more performance, and so you just have a single piece of music, right? And the way you perform it and the way you sing it, the way you... Dis- tribute or i guess perform that is that is the creativity you make it your own and that's always what they tell you to do i think the way that you perform something is very it's that same wisdom i've never thought about this until you started talking about it but you take that same wisdom and you apply it to you know hard things that you're creating or like more visual arts and the same you you take what exists and you um you reinterpret it right I think uh, that's really good. That's kind of um, the issues that I've been having with writing and kind of new beginnings. Just this idea of um, there's nothing new anyway. It's just a matter of how you put it together and, and make it your own. And the newness in your work is you. So overcoming kind of the the social and personal boundaries that I have kind of created for myself to just 
own something and then make it and then i can worry about sharing it with people later i completely understand that sentiment because i have started writing and i am at times actually terrified because the imposter syndrome does hit hard when it comes to me and writing but it's so weird because it comes in waves Today was the perfect example. I'm in the coffee shop and I'm in the zone and I'm just writing away. And I'm like, oh, okay, great, this is amazing. And there's a feeling you get that I can only describe as euphoric when you have a breakthrough, when you're writing a story. And that moment, the imposter syndrome just dissolves away, right? Because you're like, yes, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm actually doing this. Just as we all feel right now, recording this podcast we're like this is actually happening we're doing this right but then a wave will come where i will get writer's block and uh third culture block get it so well, i'll get writer's block and <laughs> i will be like okay what am i doing okay can i actually finish this where am i taking this um and then obviously you'll i'll, I'll start before i started making a a a sheet for all the characters and the um elements that i've created for this world and be it the animals or the, the plantation or the cities i was actually forgetting uh the names of certain characters and i cannot describe how guilty i felt for forgetting a character that i had created yeah no i think it, it definitely like it is hmm. it's difficult to especially, I, I don't know for for writing it's difficult because you're trying to build as realistic a world as possible for people to kind of lose themselves in and often that's even the real world but the real world is complicated enough right with all the people and things that you need to keep up with. Now, trying to wrangle all of that and, you know, not make it feel contrived or a mulligan or, like, some stupid pretend game that you're playing, it's really difficult <laughs> as a writer sometimes where you're like, you can think of new things all the time like from your from your mental compost heap you know new ideas flourish but ultimately you know keeping track and tending to that is is really really hard and that concludes our first episode thank you guys so much for listening in so in the future we plan on saving this last section for questions and answers, Q's and A's, you ask the Q's, we'll give you the A's. We'll post our topics on our Twitter and Instagram. Both handles are Third Culture Block. That's third with the number three. You can also find our Instagram handles in the show notes. We appreciate you guys for tuning in, and uh, hopefully you'll tune in again next time.